0: Sundays we had about 10 people show up at 6 o'clock in the morning praying. Uh, We have a wonderful church don't we? I hope you enjoyed the war room. Uh, We've got some plaques that we're going to be making for you and uh, we'll get them out to you here next few weeks. Uh, Are you happy to be here? I am. It's all good. Got a good sunburn, suntan and all that. Was on the back of a motorcycle, for, put about a thousand miles on my new motorcycle. And Vicki, we got them uh, helmets with the intercom in it. And I'd listen to the radio a little pretty little bit. And next thing you know, there's Vicki. She's yelling in my ear. <laughs> I finally said, Forget it. I'm not going to try to listen to radio no more. Because every time I came on, there was Vicki. <laughs> she was appalling me this and appalling me that. So we had a good time. John Adonis was with us. We had a really good time. And, and uh, but, um, Outside of the trip home, we had a terrible trip home. We come through Atlanta about 7 o'clock at night in the pouring down rain, and they don't really have road paint down, (laughs) you know, stripes. You would think Atlanta was six lanes. They'd have these, they'd have it all. They don't. And uh, John, where's John? We're Blackwell. Raise your hand, Blackwell. Well, he knows better than follow me anyway. And because he's always watching me, because I'm using that motorhome, I'm going, you know, it's when the the wind blows, I'm just going, you know, and I go 70 mile an hour, and, uh, but that rain was coming down, you couldn't see anything, and, uh, I couldn't even look at the speed, I couldn't even look at the speedometer, couldn't look at the mirrors, just forget about the mirrors, all I could do was grab hold of that steering wheel, and go through Atlanta, I mean, the rain is, I've never been through, I've been to Atlanta many, many times in my life, but never like that, and, uh, and John back there, hanging on like I was, following my tail taillights, and he knows I'm never in the right lane. Uh, but we, we made it through there, and then we got through, up to Chattanooga, and there was a big wreck in the interstate, and it shut down, and so we was able to get off and, and spend the night there in the motorhome, and it was, a, it was a wonderful time, but boy, that was a rough ride, wasn't it, John? Uh, I think we had more than one guardian angel at that time. We just kind of had them all around us, getting us, uh, getting us through there. Today is... Uh, I didn't, I didn't preach last week, and, and I, I really I hate it when I don't preach. Um, God's always with us, right? But Satan is always there too, right? Things happen, and different things happen, and you have the 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 this power of god that's always with us but that that power of satan is always with us too and and you can your mind can just play all kinds of tricks on you and uh and then believe it or not when i if i'm not preaching all the time and i and people say well you need to take a break well I, I really don't like taking breaks uh i like to i'd like to keep on going uh but i know i need them and so you can take that time that you're off and all of a sudden you think well am i going to be able to preach again well, it's just been a week, Paul. Are you crazy? I know, but see, that's the way your, your mind can play games with you, and Satan and, and evil just likes to play those games. Anybody ever have any problems like that? Really well, God, keep on using me. And then you've got to keep on, you think, and, and, and as I was gone the last two weeks, and I, I kept my prayer life going, kept everything going, just like God always asked me to do, and I did sleep in a few days, but I, I always continued that prayer, and I, I wrote uh, quite a bit, and, and I, I was able to get 19 titles to sermons, that's never happened to me before in my life. So you take that out, I'm, I'm good up till June if God allows me to preach that many that those sermons. I don't know if he will or not, but I know I got 19 titles. I know I wrote quite a bit down on them. So that is, a, that is an amazing thing for me. And then you, then you take off a week and you think, well, will God still use me? Isn't that crazy? But that's how fast your mind can play tricks on you. And, and this week is called A Glimpse of the True Power, and it, it's one of the titles I've gotten. It's the very first title that I believe God wanted me to preach. Is, it's A Glimpse of the True Power, and, and words, everybody's telling me words mean things, right? Do they or do they not mean things? But in our society today, words are just kind of thrown out there everywhere, and it's a lot of times we use words we don't really mean, but we use them anyway. The word love is so many different things. The word power is what we're looking at with God today. Is, this word power. And if I want to get a glimpse of the true power of God, I've got to really break this down. I'm, and I'm really hoping to, to take your mind and, and go through some deep thro- thought about power. Because, see, I can look at you and I can say, Will you tell me, will you disguise, will you uh, 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 tell me what you think about God? Will you tell me about the power of God? And the first thing you're going to do is, well, your mind on power is going to go what you know of power. The way you grew up, the things you, you like, the things you do, that, that's where your mind goes with this power thing. Now, a, a guy that lifts out muscles and is a muscle weight and does all that big muscle stuff, guess where his power's at? It's in himself. He thinks, well, you've got to lift weights. A guy that's an electrician, well, the power's in the grid. There's all kinds of, a guy that loves race cars, the power's in the horsepower, man. Are your horse and my heart, the powers in how fast I do, it's different. Power means different things to different people. But if somebody says, can you describe the power of God? Can you? Using the words that we have available? I, can't, I, I really, I can't. I can describe it in, in some words, but I can't get to the essence and the true power of God. I, if I'm lucky to just get a glimpse of it. And so we're going to, maybe for the couple, next couple of weeks, we'll try to look at this glimpse of the true power of God. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you, Lord, I, I thank you, Father, for the rest. Lord, I thank you for my home. I thank you for my church family. I thank you for people with smiles on their face and loves in the, they have love in their heart. I thank you for your grace. And I thank you that you are righteous, righteous God that I can always count on no matter what takes place in my life may we be blessed today to hear your word in Jesus name amen everybody stand please Luke 24 49 we're going to give you a verse right out of John right after this everybody read behold Okay, let me read it for you. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endured with power from on high. So the power we're looking at, the glimpse of this power we're looking at comes from where? On high. Not earthly power, not not earthly words that you think bring power, but a power that is upon high, a power from the Father. That's what we're looking for. Give me that next verse, please. But the helper. You may be seated. Thank you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit. Everybody say Holy Spirit. Spirit. One of the things we that a lot of people fell to is we don't talk enough about the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. The Holy Spirit has ever been as important, ever been as much as God as Jesus Christ, and has ever been as much as God as the Father. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send, that's the promise, the Father will send in my name, in Jesus' name, he will teach you all things. The Word of God. If this, if this you say, well, I, I get my powers, is from the Word of God. Amen, it is. But without the Holy Spirit to teach me the Word of God, then I'm just looking at another book. Amen. Everybody agree with that? Say something. It only, only through the power of the Holy Spirit does this wonderful Holy Bible come alive to me and, and makes it apical to my life. If, if this Bible isn't apical to my life, in other words, I can see myself on the pages of the, of the Word of God, then it's just another book. So it has to have power, that kind of power, not just a power of words, but a power backed up by the power of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you what? All things. What's all things? Right here. Teach you all things. So if somebody says, I don't understand the word of God, I automatically know they don't have the power to understand the word of God. There's, there's, that power source is missing somewhere in their life. We'll teach you all things and bring you to what? Remember, it's all things that I said to you. All things that Jesus Christ has said to the disciples when it's on the earth. All the word of God. He'll bring that remembrance to you. One thing I understand is you've got to put it in to get it out, amen? You, it's got to go in to come out. That's why Bible studies and reading your Bible daily is so important. A glimpse of the true power. Isn't that a wonderful picture there? That's taken from the Hubble telescope, way out in space, looking back upon Earth. Isn't it amazing? Did any of you get a, every once in a while, you can punch on a Hubble and look at the, just the magnificent universe and past the whatever, how far that thing can go, can look, the 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 way it is, the beauty of it. Have you ever saw that? It's wonderful, isn't it? And you get a glimpse of that true power of God if you just look upon that. And you turn around, and you see this beautiful planet, a blue planet, a planet with life on it, created by God, the power. Amen. And you get a glimpse of it. That that's the God that loves me. That's the God that's called me and that's the God I worship the same God that created that whatever you whatever your view of God is will become your attitude toward God somebody gave me something Do you believe that see so whatever your view whatever whatever the words mean to you whatever this power word means to you however it fits into your life it will become your attitude toward God or whatever Whatever you think about God, that's become your attitude toward God. If you think of God as a small God, then he's a small God. If you don't think of God at all, then that's what he is to you. Nothing. But the Christian that truly seeks out the word of God, to seek out the power of God, you start to get a glimpse of his power, and it becomes everything to you. Is that right or not? So whatever your view of God is will become your attitude toward God. If you've got a bad attitude... On, on, on this life, you're probably going to have a bad attitude to God too. Because God gives us a, a wonderful life to live. Sure, we have situations in our life and all kinds of things pop up, but we have a Father that loves us to turn to. Does everybody believe me? We do. God's presence will never be without His power. Everybody say, Amen. Amen. Say it one more time Amen. Amen. God's Presence will never be without His power. That means whenever God's working, whenever you see God working in your life, whenever the the Bible starts to come alive to you, you know that God's right there with all the power He has to give to you. That you can see who He is. You need to put that in your heart. That needs to be part of your attitude when you're studying the Word of God. There are two types of power. There's probably a lot more, but the two I'm talking about today... The power you think you have— a lot of people think they have power. Do you, everybody that's got a job, your boss does, doesn't he think he have a lot of power? See, a, and politicians—they just—they crack me up with all the power they want. You don't get to me anything. As, as a, it doesn't mean policy. anybody that's in their 70s and 80s and still want to be a boss. My goodness, just take life easy, will you? What is the big deal? Why do you always got to have all that power? There's something wrong with that. There are two types of power, the power you think you have and the power you have. And the reason I, I gave you that is because when I, when I wrote that down, I was thinking of John in chapter uh, 19 and verse uh, 10 and 11. It says, the Pilate said to him, are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? Pilate thought he had power, right? He's got Jesus before him. He thought he had all the power over life. And Jesus responds to him, and Jesus answered, you could have no power at all against against me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. Who had the power? God the Father had the power. It was his perfect plan, even though we look at it and say this is a disaster. I'm sure Jesus' disciples thought it was a disaster, but it's God's perfect power. Power comes from God. It comes from God in the, through the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God. Everybody say something. All right. Faith is not religious magic. So you ask somebody, you say, well, I'm not, I, I, some people may say, well, I'm kind of religious. And other people say, well, I'm not religious at all. It's not about religion. It never has been. It's a, that's, that's the thing that Satan will use faith is not religious magic you can't come to church and, and, and just be because you open the word of God and do this and do that that all of a sudden you've got all this power and you understand the, everything about God because you do not you understand what your attitude what you take of, the, words of these, uh, the meaning of these words that's what you understand but the true meaning of God the true power of God lies through the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon you and spreading that out does everybody, does that make sense to everybody? So it's not religious magic. And religion without power changes no one. Religion without power changes no one. People come and go through this church, like in many other churches, and they'll, go into their, they'll come out of their sin, but yet turn around and go right back into it, because they, they got tied, hooked up in some kind of religious magic instead of a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it doesn't work that way. Religion without power changes no one. You have to have the power of the Holy Spirit upon you to change you. Everybody say something. You just do. See, you know, to a Christian who has been a Christian, while, You say, well, pastor, that's just a big duh. Yeah, you're right. But to the majority of the world, it's not. It's not a big duh. power of the Holy Spirit changes our pleasure source. In other words, what kept you away from God? What kept you out of the church? What keeps you out of church still? Sometimes it's that bed and pillow. Sometimes it's being up too late the night before. Sometimes you just don't feel like it. And a lot of times in the past before you become a Christian, it was just anything that could. And a lot of you never even thought about it. But see, that was the power that was keeping you from God. That was the power is keeping you from understanding the Word of God. So the power, that, that's the that's source that was keeping you away from the truth. So the power of the Holy Spirit changes our pleasure source. It did mine, did it yours? It changes the pleasure source. Creating a faith that builds an invincible power source within. That's what changes you. Amen? Sorry is a sorry excuse. How many times do you hear, parents, raise your hand. Come on, parents, raise your hand. How many times have you heard your kids say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, mama, I'm sorry. And the bucket of tears just roll out. Don't they? I'm sorry. Don't whip me. Please, I'm sorry. Don't whip me. You know how sorry I can be. And the, the whole thing just gets filled up with tears. And you think, my goodness, they really are sorry. So you let them off. And what do they do? Go right back to it. So they weren't really sorry. Sorry without repentance becomes an empty bucket. It, it, there's no, you can tell me you're sorry all you want to. It's just a word. It takes true repentance and asking forgiveness from the truth and the love and power of God to change you. Amen? That's what changes you. Not, I'm sorry. And I love it when people say, I'm sorry. That's okay. But if there's no power behind the sorry, then it's nothing. It's nothing. You teenagers, how many times you got to say, I'm sorry. I did something on my phone. I'm sorry. Rio, where are you? Rio, you tell Mike, I'm sorry. Okay. Do you mean it? Mike, does he mean it? I hope you do, Rio. I told him I wasn't going to pick on him David. I ain't picking on him. So sorry is a, is a word that can have a wonderful meaning, a wonderful outcome if it's true repentance through that. Or it can mean nothing at all. So sorry is a sorry excuse for not experiencing God's power over your life. I'm sorry I don't understand God's power. It's just an excuse. Cry me a bucket of tears like we talked about that will turn into vapor. That's what happens, it just turns into nothing. Only true repentance brings the power to overcome. Is your sin harder to deal with than my sin is for me? Is is your sin harder to deal with than my sin is for me? (laughs) Wow. People say, Well, you just don't, preacher, you just don't understand. You just don't understand. You don't understand what addiction is. You don't understand what, what this is and what that is. You just Were well, you crazy? What do you think I just born yesterday? Why? Don't 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 pull that on me. You don't think I deal with that stuff? Don't even come with that to me. Well, you don't understand my wife. She's hateful. Oh God, she's hateful. Well, I'm not going there. I know when to stop. Yeah. <laughs> but those are the things you hear. My sin has ever been as hard to deal with as your sin. You think I got some kind of, or our Christian, any Christian, not just me, but anybody, have got some kind of magic wand we just wave. and say, my sin is not that big of a deal. The difference is, is what we write here. Is your sin hard to deal with in my sin for me? The difference is not me, but the power of the Holy Spirit. Say, everybody say, in me. In me. That's the difference. That's the difference. And that's the only difference. First Thessalonians 1, 5, and 6. Let me see if I might have something here I want to talk about before I go there. I wrote a bunch of stuff down this morning When I don't get to preach for a little while, my goodness, my mind just goes have you ever you know when we hear the one of the things I want to, when you hear the gospel, when you give out the gospel you can either hear it in word or you can hear it in the power and the word in other words you hear it just just through words and there's nothing there that has power in those words, there's a lot of Pastors, a lot of teachers out there that can give out this truth, but it's not through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's through the power of themselves. And it always goes on. It just never seems to, to work right. Does that make sense to you? There's a lot of false teachers out there. Don't, don't be fooled. They're everywhere. And today, they're, they're so bold Today. And they call upon a, a, a fake power, a power of evil, and trying to confuse people, thinking it's a power of, from Christ, which is not. The churches are full of it, they're not churches at all. We'll get into that a little more later. For the gospel did not come to you in word only. Amen? That's what I'm talking about. The gospel, it didn't just come to you from words from somebody. That's not, that's not how it works. For the gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in what? I, somebody say, say say, power? I guess we're talking about power today, aren't we? For the gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power. See, if you, if you want this, if you truly want this, there is no excuse not to have it. Because God wants you to have it. Everybody agree with that? He wants you to understand this. He wants you to know it. He wants you to have it. He wants you to understand his love for you. And in the Holy Spirit. So the, for the gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit. And as much assurance as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. This next, I want you to look at this next verse, and we're going to look at it a little bit and you became followers of us. I'll stop right there. Who did these people become followers of? Everybody say, me. Okay, because see, most Christians are going to look at your life and look upon your life and what is God doing in your life to see how it's going to work in their life. Does that make sense to you? They're looking at you. They're paying attention to you. And and, and Paul's telling us here. And you became followers of us. The actions that we show shows how much power we believe God really has over our lives. So all these people, your co-workers and everybody else you're working with, that right there, they're looking at you. And if you know the Lord and Savior that I know, then your attitude and your character is geared towards him. And you became followers of us and of the Lord. So of us and of the Lord. Isn't it good to be used by God? Do you like being used by God? Do you know you're being used by God? Do you know that? Do you know that for a fact? Are you being used by God? See, if if you believe this gospel as we preach over and over and over again, then God is going to use you over and over and over again. And what he's done with you, he's going to take you home. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction. Look at that. Affliction, that means persecution. That means all kinds of things have happened to you. But still, you're the follower. You followed Paul, which many things happened to him. So we have to expect, if we're searching for this glimpse of the power of God, that once we follow him, these things are going to happen to us. Affliction can be hard things. But if God is allowing them in your lives, then use them that way. Amen? And it says, with joy of the Holy Spirit. So if we quit trying to have a bad attitude towards everything that comes towards us, we start to understand the God's in all of it. And nobody has power over you but God. They may think they have. But God is the ultimate power. And If it goes through God's hands, then it should be all right with us. Amen? So no matter what kind of persecution, sickness, affliction happens, you have to trust God in it. In Ephesians 2, 1, it says, And you he made alive. Who did he make alive? Everybody say me. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. And you. He made alive. Now, stay there for a minute. What's alive? What's, what's alive? We say, well, well, it's alive. Well, everybody's alive. If you're not dead, you're what? Alive. So there, there's this different alive. I, a person that's just reading the Bible and doesn't know who, what this is all about, he's going, What in the world are they talking about? Of course, I'm alive. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. Unless you can understand that when you're not with God, when you don't know God, you are truly a dead person. Although well, while you're breathing, but you're still dead. So I believe that because I know that if I died without Christ, I'm going to a place that has no hope. Am I dead because I trespassed in sins? Because of my sins in this world, I'm dead. And with those sins in me, I can't have the power that God wants me to have. Everybody agree with that? Amen. So I have to get past this verse. And you, he made a so Everybody say, amen. amen. So you, be, you should be excited because he says, and you, he made a life. So when the old oh, evil, oh, evil Satan or something comes out and says, well, are you going to be able to preach Sunday? You have not pre- preach last week. Why didn't you preach last week? Are you too lazy to preach? You need, rec- you need rest, don't you? You need a rest. See, those games that you think that people, not everybody has the same thoughts that you have, they're here, and they're mighty thoughts. You know what another thought is? I could go to Florida and stay there for two or three months, and I'd have to come back here in this stinking weather. He said, well, you wouldn't do that. Well, I got the thought of it. So what keeps me from doing that? Because I could do that, I go down there and ride that Harley and just have a wonderful time. You, because God has called me to help people understand who He is. Not in Florida, at least not yet, but here, right here in Nineveh. And I don't have any plans of going to Florida. I've been there 15 years. Was there 15 years? I got no plans of ever going back. And he made me alive. And he made me alive here in this calling. Because I understood way back when I was dead in trespasses and trespassing in the sins. I, I, I got that. I just like being alive. You know, the, and the hardest thing for an atheist or a non-believer is they don't understand this alive. They don't understand this little five-letter, they don't understand what that means. They just think we're all nuts. You're never truly alive until Christ moves into your life. Go ahead, please. 2 Corinthians. am I doing on time? Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Because I'm alive. I'm alive. Every day I get up and and pray and write and read this Bible more. You know what? I know him more differently than the day before. I become alive even more. I should have a desire to come alive even more. How do you come alive even more? The more I understand the power of God and the more he allows me to, to, to have some of that, I become alive in that. I don't like not being alive in that. I don't like not preaching. I don't like not loving. I don't like not teaching. Amen? Because His power motivates me and changes me to do these things. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? A new what? Creation. Are you a new creation? And I'm not talking about a magic religion creation creation where you can come in and think, oh, "Oh, that was so sweet, and you go out and do the same things you always done. I'm talking about a new creation. I've got to understand what a new creation is. I've got to understand that I I want to be that new creation. Some of you have changed dramatically over the times I've known you. You're not nowhere near the person you was. So is I, the same as me. You have completely changed. And I know your coworkers and your family says, What happened to you? You're a new creation. Amen. You ought to be so excited because you're alive. You're alive. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Is these are these words truth words, truthful words? Okay, so if I'm alive and I become a new creation and I'm starting to grab hold of this, I'm seeing the glimpse and power of God, and it says here, the old things have passed away. What does that mean to the person that's alive in Christ? It means the things that I used to do, I no longer do. I used to love the doors. Jim Morrison, he wasn't nothing but a drug addict, alcoholic, devil-worshipping guy. But way back, I used to like that music. You know what? I don't care for that anymore. You know why? Because I become alive, and I recognize the death and the destruction of those kind of things. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? You said, so, "You so, well, so, Paul, you sometimes you you just look like you're you don't have much love for everybody. You you talk too hard. You you judge people too much." i love people and i don't want them in hell i want them in heaven why should you play around with the truth i'm not a, it's not about magic religious things it's about the truth and the word of god if you're praying and you're asking god to empower you with the scriptures of his word then you use those scriptures the words no matter what anybody may think because i'm answered to god not anybody else amen The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. How many things have become new? Say it one more time. What's all things? You have got to determine that in your life. Is it just words on paper? The, a person that not know God, he'll just say, "Well, I go right on by there. I don't know what all things mean. What does that mean? My car's new. Does that, what does that mean? You've got to decide that. You've got to figure this out. What does all things mean to you? If you're wanting to glimpse the power of God, you've got to get this right. All things have become new. Not just part of your life, not just the part that you want to surrender, but all things must become new. I'm going to tell you something. It's going to take a while to get some of the sin out of your life. Sometimes God can just take it immediately, and He does that with some some people, and other times it's a process. And sometimes you've got to figure out that you're sinning uh, when you don't even know it's sin. But when God reveals it to you, that is your opportunity to go with the power of God and let that go. Amen? Now, I'm going to get on some of your nerves a little bit here in a minute. A lot of you out there smoke cigarettes, and there ain't nothing in this Bible about smoking cigarettes. So you do whatever you want. But I'm going to tell you something. People are watching you. They're watching you. Now, I'm going to tell you something else right off the heartbeat here, just because I love you all. Quit smoking in front of these doors. Don't smoke your cigarettes in front of these doors. You go out somewhere else and smoke them, okay? Just do it. Please. Now, if you don't come back, that's your problem. I want to help you become the most righteous children of God that you can be. Some of you still like to drink a lot. Quit doing it. You're not helping your neighbor. You're not helping anybody. You're still in your self mode. If I'm alive, then these things, you say, well, Peter, it doesn't say anything unless you get drunk. Well, tell your neighbor that that has a problem with drinking. That looks upon you and that you're called a Christian. He says, well, go ahead. And you can go right to the scriptures. I can talk to you all about it. About Paul says, I quit doing this. I quit eating these types of foods because people think it's sin. Am I my brother's keeper? Decide that for yourselves. Boy, but I'm, I've, I've been gone for a couple weeks. I'm really getting on. Another thing about smoking, it's going to kill you. You don't believe that? Thank goodness, please stop it. You've got the power to stop it if the Christ lives in you. If you do it, that's, that's between you and God. I'm never going to look down on you. I just want you to live a life full in Christ without coughing your heads off when you're 60 years old. But all things have become new. Now all things are of God. Woo-hoo. Verse 18... Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Reconciled. What is this word, reconciled? I wrote that down this morning. It's the act of... I'm looking at the dictionary's response to it. The act of causing two people to become friendly again. <laughs> Ain't that nice? I wrote down poor definition. I can tell you in the Webster Dictionary back in the 1800s, or early 1900s, it would have been a total different definition of that. Bringing, together, bringing two together by the act of repentance. That's what I like. It brings my life together with Christ in the act of repentance. And if I have tears, they're full of wonderful tears of joy because I understand who Christ is like I've never understood him before and I understand that he's a holy God. Amen? He's a holy God and I'm an evil, nasty, wretched person until I have Christ in my life and that power who he is. So now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That's that power to go out and talk about the gospel of jesus christ the good news and we can act like well that's been around all these thousands of years but i'll tell you something it needs to be preached more now than ever amen it needs to be preached now more than ever it's not old old fogy doggy stuff it needs to be preached forget about all this other stuff it needs to be preached amen high school kids Older people, they need to understand this like they've never understood it before because this is where the power is. If you don't get this, you'll never have the power of God. You'll never even glimpse on the power of God because you won't have the the understanding to do so or even the want to do so. He is reconciled. God has reconciled us. That is that God was in Christ, reconciled the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them as committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Everybody awake? I'll be done here in a minute. We're ambassadors of Christ. Now the a government can send out a man or a woman and call him an ambassador, they speak for the government. And whatever they speak, the whole power of the United States is behind them because they have been given that power. That's an ambassador. So we our ambassadors that's what it says we have the whole power of god behind us because we belong to god the holy spirit is empowering us we have the authority to preach the gospel wherever we want to preach it no matter who says we can't preach it amen now then we're the ambassadors for christ as though god as through as though god were Pleading through us. What am I doing today? Am I what? Pleading? I'm pleading. I'm pleading. That's, that's what I'm doing. Because the power of God. He's just a glimpse of it. Just a little glimpse of it will change you forever. You know, I'll tell you something. You spend a half of a second in hell and you'll become the most powerful gospel leading person ever. You know that? Just a second of hell would change you forever. Because you know it's real. Is evil real? Somebody tell me, is evil real? If evil's real, does that mean that righteousness is real also, The good is real also, positive, negative? Isn't it? And that, that's how the world is, isn't it? Evil is real, that's easy to see. So if it is real, then righteousness, something's good too. Just because the world doesn't want to look at God doesn't mean that God's not real. He is. You that are alive in Christ know that, no matter how bad it wants to tell you it's not you had a glimpse of the power of God when he changed your life. He reconciled you to him. Now, then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. That we're implore, that is, that is a, a beautiful action power word, isn't it? We implore you. We beg you. We, we just... We'll do anything to help you understand who the Word of God is. We'll quit doing the the, the old things we used to do. We'll quit listening to that music. We'll do all those things that you can see the righteousness of God, the power of God through my life. Amen? Wow. That's what God's after. That changes the world. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That's love. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Go ahead, please. I'm going to stop here after this. I'm just going to just I'm going to probably use this verse again next week. And Elisha prayed. I want to show you, this is, wow. This, this verse can just blow you. I could spend the hour on this verse. This verse just blow you away. And a lot of you know this verse, and it says Elisha prayed. What's the first thing Elisha did? Everybody say it. Prayer is, I can't, I, all I do is, I talk about prayer continually in this church. Prayer is important. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord... I pray, open his eyes that he may see. That's that's his servant he's talking with, a a fellow co-worker he's talking about. Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Some of us are wanting people to see the power of God, just to get a glimpse of God. It's got to start right there in prayer. Lord, that he, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord, open the eyes of the young man. We'll talk probably more about this next week. And he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Is that power? Is that a glimpse of God's power? You can have that. The only thing that's holding you back, like I tell you all the time, is you. You can have it. You want somebody to know Christ? You want somebody to, to love Christ like you do? Then quit doing the things that are distracting them from knowing Christ if there's something like that going on in your life. Don't give them an excuse. Don't give them a reason. Friends, we are in the last days. You believe that? Don't give them a reason. Don't give a reason for Satan to get a foothold in you at all. None, none, none. We need to be a church. That is reconciled to God. So the power of God can resonate through our lives. And people around us change because of it. Whew. I think I'm done. Isn't God good? Isn't He good? Do you know how much He, do you know how much he loves you? He says right there, He got on a cross and He died for you. That's how much He loves you. You Christians out there, oh no! I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know I know, I know, I know. I've heard it, I've heard it, I've heard it. Have you heard it through the ears or have you heard it through the heart that is sold out to God? When you hear it through the heart that's sold out to God, these ears don't have nothing over that. I think they put the words in the week in the bulletin. Well, uh uh-oh. Well, give them to me anyway. The what? The what? The true power? Thank you. Uh Uh-huh. The true power. We're talking about the true power power of God. Not a, not a fake religion, not some kind of religious, religious actions or something like that, but the true power of God avails itself to whosoever will. Question for you, are you sorry over sin or repented over sin? Are you sorry over your sin are you truly repentant over your sin? I can't answer that question. You have to answer it. I, I have to deal with it all the time. All the time. Let's stand. I got these binoculars up here. and If I want to look at the birds or the deer or something out in the yard, I got to go get these things. I can't see that very far out there. I, I got to look at this to see the clock. and <laughs> yeah, it's right at 12 o'clock. Isn't it wonderful that we don't have to have binoculars or telescopes to get a glimpse of God's power? <laughs> Isn't that great? I don't need some man-made thing to get a glimpse of God's power. I don't need a man-made program to get a glimpse of God's power. I don't need a man-made anything to get a glimpse of God's power. Because when a man makes it, it ain't never going to be right. But when God makes it, it's always right. I opened up the tables this morning. I know that I want to thank Earl and Bill for preaching the last couple of weeks. Appreciate it greatly. I know Earl preached on communion a little bit last week and opened up a lot of your hearts to that. So if you come to these tables, amen. Come to Him with a clean heart. Don't ever come to Him with a heart of sin or a heart of something that you don't want to change. If you're having trouble with different things in your lives that are causing other people to have excuses, you don't have to. You don't have to. You just have to go for the power of God. Amen? I love you all. I'm glad to be home. But I'm going to keep preaching truth, and you're going to keep getting mad at me. And that's just the way it would be. Clean your acts up. Love God. Change people through the power of God. Come enjoy this morning with the Lord Jesus Christ. somebody to come on Easter Sunday and I'm going to challenge you real hard here. The person you ask what is their understanding of who you are in Christ? What is their understanding of who you are in Christ? And would they come to your church because of the way you're living your life or would they laugh at you? Wow. That's a toughie, isn't it? If you want to save the lost, either get going, do something. Amen? Do something. Bring them here. Call me. If you're having struggles and areas in your life that you want rid of, why aren't you asking for prayer? Do you think the, the prayer team won't pray over those things and help you through them? Do you don't think people in this church would sit down and love to help you get through that? Do you not think we have mentors that would love to help you? hold you accountable and love and show you the way out of those things. We've got them. you just got to ask. We don't read your mind. God's got it in place for you. Just ask. That's what Jesus tells us. Just ask. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your peace, your rest. We thank you for your power. Lord, teach us the power of God. That our lives will be lives that other people want to follow. Enrich us, Father, with the word of truth. That the words we speak are words that people want to hear. And it's in Jesus' name. And everyone said? "Amen." Thank you. I'm glad to be home. God bless you.